Go Sharks, yeah. Of all the things in ministry I, I never thought I'd do is follow Elvis. Uh, that I didn't see coming, ever. I don't know what to say to that. Do you? Do you have, how many of you were thinking of your mom? Like, I was thinking of my mom. She is crying tears of joy in heaven or rolling over in her grave. One of those, one of those two. You know, I think back, those of you, some of you are old enough to remember when this couldn't be done on the Ed Sullivan Show. And we're doing it in church. What, what, are, what are we doing? What's happened to us? You know, but uh, we, we realize, if you're new, uh, we realize that... Uh, that this could be probably not what your Lutheran church did when you were growing up, okay? We, we're very aware of that, uh, but we're very aware that churches die of seriousness. Churches die because, not because they take the gospel too seriously, you can't take the gospel too seriously, but they take themselves too seriously. And we think it's important that we laugh at ourselves and... Um, and wonder, why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? We're, we're really glad if you're a guest that you're with us today. Uh, what you have missed, if you haven't been here, is for, for a year we will have been, come June, in the book of Romans in the New Testament. But for, for the, since the beginning of the year, we've been in the eighth chapter of Romans, which is the gem of the New Testament. And today I want to close out our time by sharing a verse at the end of Romans 8. That is why you're seeing construction out on our property right now. Why in the coming months this room will be renovated. But it also has application to your life. Now, Browns fans know the jersey I'm wearing. You don't see this jersey anymore because this number has been retired. This is the jersey uh, of Otto Graham. Otto Graham, you can see a picture up here in his earlier days, back in the days when quarterbacks wore number 60. That's what he wore early in his career. But Otto Graham, um, he was Tom Brady before Tom Brady. He won uh, seven championships with the Browns his first 10 seasons in the league. Yes, the Browns have actually won championships. <laughs> it's when the ball was round, but uh, anyhow... Uh, he, was, he, he appeared in championship games in every one of his seasons playing professional football. This guy is a legend. He was just uh, a stud of an athlete. But the reason I'm wearing this today is because many of you, when you look at this jersey, you don't think of a winner, do you? You know, you think, what? You know, what? Because this, this franchise has been the losingest franchise in the NFL the last 25 years. Oh my, that's right, that's, that's exactly right. Trust me, I've said worse words than oh my at that, you know. <laughs> and and, and it's, it's been stunning when those of us, I mean, I'm actually old enough to remember when the Cleveland Browns were the Yankees of professional football. Consistently good. And what I want to show you today is this represents how difficult it is to change your identity. It is so challenging once you take on a certain tag to actually change that, to be renovated and restored and renewed and redeemed into a new person. And with the gospel, that's the challenge God faces with all of us. Let me take you through a real quick process here before we go. Romans 8, verse 22, we looked at a few weeks ago. Look at these words closely. And there are three times a word is used, and I want you to notice this word. We know the whole creation has been 
groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time, which we all know that to be true. The world's not right. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we don't yet have, we wait for it patiently. And in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we don't know what we ought to pray for, the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Now you notice three times a particular word is used there. What was that word? Groan. And, and we Browns fans, we are experts at this word on Sunday afternoons, groaning. My kids got me a book a few years ago. It's titled, Why is Daddy So Sad on Sunday? <laughs> it's a book about being a Cleveland Browns fan. And we, we groan, and many of us look at this world right now, the division, the, dis, the discord, disease, death. I mean, it's just, we groan, the world's not right. Well, I pointed this out a few weeks ago that ancient Roman Greco historian David Fredrickson has done intensive study into this concept of adversity in the Roman Greco world. And in that world, you were seen as weak if you ever expressed any type of groaning. That was one thing you were not to do in that world. You were never to let anything get to your serenity. As a matter of fact, if it meant helping a friend of yours would disturb your serenity, don't do it. That's how seriously they took. Don't let anything get to your peace of mind, to, to your, to your uh, calm, to your vibe, right? And they took this seriously. And the word that they had for the type of suffering that caused someone to express that weakness was the word translated in Romans 8 as groaning. Don't do it. Cicero, the Roman statesman, said it is, it is a disgrace to groan. That's what he said. It is a disgrace to show weakness. You never show weakness. And so if you groaned, that, that sense of there's no crying in baseball would be, would, be, would be heaped upon you because you were a weak person and you, it actually would affect your, your standing publicly, etc. And the Roman Greco world had a word for people who became so self-sufficient so determined against the inadequacies and the um, unfairness of this world. They had a word for the person who became so detached from pain, so detached from weakness, and that word was conqueror. A person who just shut themselves off from pain was a conqueror. They didn't feel, they didn't feel compassion, they didn't feel pity, They didn't feel any kind of empathy because they had learned to conquer their spirit through self-sufficiency. So look at this definition. A conqueror was someone who had mastered his or her spirit through reason and self-sufficiency. To be a conqueror meant to become so self-sufficient, so self-reliant that no circumstance could disturb your serenity anymore. And uh, when I think of this, the picture from literature and movies is this person right here. Many of you will remember Mr. Spock from Star Trek. Remember Mr. Spock? That's new Mr. Spock, the picture you're going to see there. And, and Mr. Spock was detached from emotion. 
And this is really interesting because as Americans, there's a sense in which we're very similar to Roman Empire in many, many ways, Roman Greco culture. This is one of them. You know, to be tough, big boys don't cry. To be tough is the ultimate virtue. To be detached from suffering, don't let anything bother your serenity. And many people think, many people would think with player's box, that's what we're trying to achieve. We're trying to achieve performance automatons, performance robots who never get affected by adversity in any way. Hold on, hold on. Because how the gospel of Christ confronts the assumption that the Roman Greco world had about be a conqueror, How the gospel confronts that is this. No matter what your significant adversity in life is, you've been invited by God through the love of Christ to an infinitely greater life than just being a conqueror. A life that's more heroic, more significant than just living your life to attain personal serenity, which, by the way, is really the, the subtext of living in the suburbs is serenity. That's really what it, it's, it's really all about, being a conqueror, truthfully. And the attainment of personal serenity is not the reason you're on this planet. That's not the reason. There's way more than that. And so many of us, we know these words. I'll begin with verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble that causes us to groan, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, he quotes Psalm 44, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. In other words, he's saying we have reason to groan. But he says in verse 37, these immortal words, no, in all these things, say it with me, Southbrook, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Paul said, yeah, nobody wants to be a loser, Most people think you want to be a conqueror. What you need to understand is what Christ has for you is to be really alive, more than a conqueror. You're more than that. You're not just someone who's just this soulless competitor, just this robot of achievement and excellence. No, you're a living, breathing, fully alive human being. You feel pain. And you're able to do that. Why? Because you have the security of knowing nothing will ever separate you from the infinite love of Christ. Nothing, nothing ever will ever separate you from that. And now you can live fully. Now the the reason why this is powerful is because what we do in our culture is we go, I'm feeling like a loser and I don't like the feeling of that. And what we've done in our culture is we've made it easy to pseudo feel like a conqueror and that's by self-medication. That's how we use alcohol. That's how we use marijuana. That's how we use drugs is why. That allows us to detach ourselves from the pain of living in a world that is groaning, in a a self that is groaning as it's not what it was meant to be. And Paul comes with these amazing words and he says, listen, to all of you living in that culture, which they were and we are, there's more. There's more. You can be more than a conqueror. Verse 38, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
The writer John Eldridge said, do you know what that means? That means you're a little kid and you've moved to your fourth school in five years and you're afraid and the first day of school, the biggest kid in the class becomes your best friend and says, I've got your back as long as you're here. That's what that means. It means the God of this universe will never fail to have your back. He will never fail to love you. And with that, you can live. You don't have to numb yourself. You don't have to live life to just get out of something that you'll never really get out of, and that is pain as long as you're alive. You can be more than a conqueror. And we began to look at the first weekend in January, and I defined what I think that means is really the word more than a conqueror simply means someone who's fully alive in body, mind, and spirit. And I know there are those of you here today that are addicted to stuff, or you're just in such pain. You cannot conceive this. And I'll tell you, what is impossible with man is possible with God. What you'll find, you're, you're sitting close to someone right now who has experienced the truth of this. They used to be walking dead. They used to be numbed almost to pain. They had experienced it so much. They had experienced dependency on drugs and alcohol and sex and shopping and competing so much. And now they're alive. Why? Because of the love of Christ. And if you look for it, you'll see it in three areas. To be fully alive means I'm able to experience life on its terms. That's really what it means to be sober, we say in recovery is you're sober when you can experience life on its terms, not your terms. You're able to express emotion authentically. You don't hide it. You don't, you don't numb it. You don't, you don't stuff it down because you've learned that those emotions, they, they organize a little insurrection and come out sideways later on. They do, don't they? And you're able to expend energy and power when needed in life. You have the necessary resources through the love of Christ to deal with life when you groan. Friends, this is why player's box exists. If you said, what's one verse of scripture that tells us why we're doing player's box at the millions of dollar level to invest in students and families? It is because we have a dream of, of raising up kids who are more than conquerors. They're more than conquerors. In the last 27 months, and you can see this when you came in today, we've had 350 families give over $3.7 million. We have in hand right now. And the reason for that is because there are a bunch of us who have caught this vision of saying, let's just not use this building one day a week. Let's put it to you six days a week where we're creating the opportunities for community to develop around arts, academics, and athletics and meet students where they are and, and look in their eyes and with the love of Jesus in us say, you can be more than a conqueror. I mean, this is not a, just about going from a loser to a winner, a loser to a conqueror. Oh no, God made you more than just to shoot 80% from the free throw line. He made more than you just to get a 4-0 grade point average. He's made you for more than that. He's made you to be fully alive. And so we want... This, we wanted this takeaway this weekend to be about the fact that if you're not involved in some way in making this dream happen, there are all kinds of ways for you to be involved. You can go to our website, go to the Players Box tab, and you can begin investing in this movement to, of millions of dollars going into thousands of lives of students. 
You can also, when we're ready to recruit the army of people we're going to need to facilitate the interaction with families and students through the week, to say, I'm going to be accounted among those who do my part to make this a safe place to learn about the dangerous love of Christ through player's box. There is a, there's an old 17th, uh, 18th century story about a guy in a village who kept stealing sheep. And the magistrate got so tired of, of that that finally they decided to do this. And this was back in the days of harsh punishment. And they, so they branded ST on his forehead. And they were so fed up with his stealing sheep, they said, you're going to walk through the rest of your life with that brand on your forehead. You're a loser. You're a sheep thief. And years later, that man came in contact through Jonathan Edwards' preaching to the love of Christ. And he received that love, no matter who you are, that you can become a new person in Christ. And that changed him in such a way his life became a life of love and generosity and service. And years later, the younger generation that grew up long after his branding thought that those letters stood for saint. That's what Christ does. You may still carry the branding of loser, but in him, you can be more than a conqueror. Amen? Amen? That's what we can all be. And that means, that means that you think about it, you meditate on it, you live it out, you give it away to other people, that it becomes the central focus of your life when you wake up in the morning to say, I'm a beloved child of God. I am loved by God. I, in him, I am more than a conqueror to the one who loved me. And when you do that over time, ST stands for something different, doesn't it? I'm gonna pray, and we want you to have fun. We want you to enjoy, you know, this is a day where we just say, yeah, let's, you know, the world's throwing a party. Let's, let's just have a party. Uh, but for some of you who came today and your heart is just a little broken, it's groaning, and you just wanna have some quiet, we've set up the chapel for you to go there and have some quiet afterward and reflect on today. And what impact Elvis Presley had on your life a long time now. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you, you take communion in there. The communion is also available in the prayer room that's just on the, on the southeast side of the atrium. You can go in there. You'll notice the prayer room door there, and uh, if that's what you want to do today, we'd love for you to do that. Let me pray, and then let's go enjoy some time with our family and friends. Lord, thank you that in Christ we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And it is that reality that changes our identity. It's not that we achieved our way out of feeling like a loser and not enough. It's not that someday we attained a certain moralism or excellence that allowed us the, frankly, temporary sense of being sufficient. No, no, no. It's not even that we just detached ourselves from being hurt anymore. We're just not gonna live. We're not gonna love. No, through him who loved us, we can love and we can live. And we can actually even embrace pain because even in our pain, your purposes are, are exacted. They are met. They are lived out. And in Christ, today we celebrate much bigger than a Super Bowl victory. In Christ, we are more than conquerors. And everybody said amen. amen. See you next week. Have some fun, everybody.